and welcome. It's Mark, and it is the Trucking Answers Podcast. But you know it's a podcast. I always say that, doggone it. I was going to not say it, and then I said it. Welcome. I'm Mark, your podcast host, here with Gracie, who is actually awake today and will be my my co-host today. It is 8-2021. That is the date. I don't know when you're listening to this, but welcome back to the podcast. I want to welcome Chile this week as the country of the week. Welcome, South America. One download from Chile. So uh, I don't know... I don't know why someone, I guess they accidentally clicked on it. It's a possibility. I want to say that it turns out this thing goes out all over the world. There's like some, it's like worldwide. Um, There's like some kind of web. It's as if a web goes around the world. It's like a worldwide thing. So uh, I don't know if you knew that. That's a little info from your old pal Mark here on the old podcast. We're going to do some, a few trucking newses and um, some car stories and some tips for buying a car really this is a big problem with people and uh i don't know why uh why this goes on all the time getting uh you know when you buy a car so uh, let's get into that and then uh, a reason that we are not on mars again it turns out there's lots of these reasons all around the place i don't understand it but yet there they are so uh, that's what we'll be doing there first uh in mark's minute right i want to talk about the vaccine now don't get all upset don't get all upset about it. I want to talk about the possibility of a national mandate for the vaccine. Okay, so for drivers to go interstate. what This has been floated by the administration. This is not a law. This is nothing that they've said, oh, we're going to absolutely do this starting Tuesday. Okay, that's not what happened. But what they have floated it out there. And uh, I believe it would go on your physical. That's how I think they could mandate it. They'd say, well, look, as part of a physical, that's how they'd get people to do it. That's really the only way. They can't have checkpoints at every road uh, across America. That's not how it works here. So, But they could do it as part of a physical. Just like they mandate a CPAP. That's a medical device you're required to use. That's They mandate all that. Now, again, you don't have to use a CPAP. You can just not have a physical and not drive. So it would be the same with this. But for interstate travel, it would be a possibility. And they could probably do it some other way. But I think the easiest way would be a physical. And here's what I think. Um, do your research, talk to your doctor, and get it if you want to, or don't if you don't want to. It's possible for people to not get it and uh, not care if other people get it. It's also people, you know, possible for people to get it and also, you know, understand that people don't get it. So that'd be a better way to live your life, I think. So uh, that's what I think about that. But this national thing, and what I want to talk about is... There have been a number of people do videos about it. I did not do any videos on YouTube about it at Trucking Answers, where there's a live show every Monday at 12.30 p.m. Shameless plug, Eastern. <laughs> All right. Um, but I looked through the comments of many of these videos, and what are drivers saying? Oh, what they always say. I'm not going to get it. I'll quit driving before I get that. I ain't going to do that. They can't make me do nothing. That government, government. G-O-B-M-E-N-T, government, don't know nothing. They can't make me do, listen, listen, drivers, you're all tough on the keyboard, all right, but that ain't going to happen. When drivers will sit around and work for absolutely no money, I don't have a lot of hope that drivers are suddenly going to band together against the vaccine mandate. They don't do it for pay. They don't do it for working conditions. They don't do it for anything else. 
When, I don't know. Some of you have been driving along. Remember when the CDL came out? There was a lot of talk about that. I started with an Illinois Class D license before the CDL. Okay, and so when the CDLs came out, there was all kinds of talk from drivers. Same thing. It was mostly on the CB then and in those little magazines uh, that they have at the truck stops or at the um, lunch counter and the, you know, driver's lounge. Oh, I ain't getting no CDL. They can't make me go get no CDL. You know what all those drivers did? They went and got a CDL. They went and got one. That's exactly what they did. Then, then when talk of automatic trucks came out, well, that was it. Those same drivers, they're like, Oh, all right. Well, you know what? I got a CDL, but I ain't driving no automatic. I'll quit driving before I go driving automatic. All those drivers drive automatics now. Did they band together to get automatics, you know, out of the industry? No. No. They drive an automatic. Mm -hmm. Oh, but the camera, that's what's going to get people together. Cameras. And look, I hate the cameras much everybody else. But uh, do people, uh, you know, band together to get those uh, out of the trucks? No talk a lot sure talk a lot about it don't do nothing about it as drivers would say the government ain't gonna do that they can't take my picture that's illegal and you know what they're sitting behind a camera griping about it when uh, easily they could just band together at one company i always wonder why union companies have these cameras i'll tell you that you know if i was a shop steward at a union company first camera went in no truck for that company would move nationwide until that camera came out they'd stop on the spot to get them out but will drivers do that nope nope so i'll tell you what this the shot they'll get it the all these tough talkers right what are they going to do what are they going to go back to be the uh you know neuropathic uh, brain surgeon that they used to be before they became a truck driver okay they'll get it they will go get the shot so tough talk on the internet but um there's nothing to to back it up and there's nothing in history to back that up these huge protests we see with a dozen drivers okay had a million drivers so uh no you'd be down there getting it if they do if it ends up being passed all those same drivers that are tough talking will be oh well, i got it but i ain't like getting it you know i ain't gonna do it next time the next thing right whatever whatever a couple things in the news i-70 is closed in colorado again through the gorge or through the uh, canyon i should say gorge right because of heavy rain, so they're worried about the mudslides again. So uh, detour again. There's a detour is really long, okay, and windy road or I-80. The long and winding road, I-80 is even farther. Look, if you have to go around, remember get paid. Be sure to work out to make sure that you get paid. If you get mileage pay, you should get paid for going around. The road's closed. You can't go that way. You need to get paid for a two-hour. Uh, you know, a detour. The detour is longer than Gilligan's boat ride. Okay, so keep that in mind on some of these places. That's really something. When you think about it like that, nobody... By the way, this is the only podcast where you can hear things like that. Where, you know, we can bring in, uh, you know, the current vaccine mandate possibilities and Gilligan into the same podcast. You don't get that. Do you get that at Rogan? I don't think so. I don't think so. Rogan talking about Gilligan? Doubt it. Okay, he's probably going to beat the crap out of me now. So, and uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Joe Rogan. Please don't hit me. Um, I thirty. There been some, holy mackerel. There been some accidents on I thirty. And here's the thing. The um, what happened? Of course, there's traffic stopped for an accident. And what happens? 
here comes Billy Big Rigger, and he's Billy Porn Rigger because apparently he's looking at something besides the road. Smashes into the truck in front of him, and the headline was Semi Couldn't Stop for uh, Slowed Traffic. And I thought, you know what? I wanted to fix that headline. It says Semi Following Too Close for, uh, you know, for safe stopping. If you, if the traffic stops in front of you and you can't stop, you're too close. Or you're going too fast for conditions in a, in that in that distance. That's the thing. No matter what traffic does in front of you, you should be able to stop without hitting them. If you can't, you are following too close. If it's snowing out and you slide into them, you were too close. Yes. Imagine that. You can't run 10 feet behind somebody at 80 miles an hour in a blizzard. I know. I know. Gracie's even amazed. She's looking at me like, what? Uh, they're blizzard, she said. I've never, I only see them through the window. But uh, that's exactly correct. If you hit the people in front of you, you are following too close. So I don't know why they do that on those headlines. It's, uh, it's the truck driver's fault. You smash into the truck in front of you, it's your fault. They're stopped. You smash into them, you should have been able to stop. Watch, watch what you're doing. People, just watch what you're doing. I don't know how hard that is to do. I did a video, uh, which should be out today, depending when you're listening to this, on the Friday the 20th, about 18 to 20-year-olds. I had a ton of emails about this this week because there's been, uh, it's in the infrastructure bill, it'll be signed here when uh, uh, President Biden, uh, who is a known driver, uh, finds his way out of uh, wherever home he's in to go sign it, and... Um, <laughs> Holy mackerel. I'm trying to get too political. I just can't help it. I can't help it. Oh, he'll forget I said it in five minutes. Uh, so I talk about that today. 18 to 20 year olds. Is it a good idea? Bad idea? I got a ton of emails about it. Mark, this is terrible. It's unsafe. Mark, they're going to take my jobs. I address those two issues in uh, the video. So I hope that you'll go and uh, check it out over at Trucking Answers on YouTube. So on Friday, I like to do a little more about cars. And um, I have some tips here from car sales. Um, here's the thing about the key. First off, I want to tell you, get two keys to your car. Uh, so many people I read about and talk to in that, oh, well, you know, I lost my key. I'm like, well, go to use the other key. Oh, they only gave me one key. All right, get two freaking keys. Well, Mark, they don't have two keys. Well, tell them to go make you another key. So they can go to a dealer if it's not their car and have a key made. Never, never accept a car without two keys. Do you know why they don't have the other key? Many finance companies require the key to be turned in with the financing paperwork so that when they repossess your car, they can just get in it and drive it away and don't have to hire a tow truck to go do it. And that is a true story. So you want the dealer to go make you another key. No matter what they say, they didn't didn't give me a key or whatever. They probably did give a key, and the dealer is turning it in with the financing. You have them make you another key. And speaking of keys, here's another thing with the key. So you go in to test to test drive a car, and they go, let's look at your trade, okay? And they go take your trade and generally drive and go get pick lunch up for everybody or whatever. That way they get free gas. And when they bring it back, you're they already have you in the room negotiating. Never do this. So they'll say, well, let's go talk about this car that, uh, you know, when we look at your trade. Don't do it. Okay. Do not do it. What I do is wait in the showroom. I won't even go in the, in the little office, which they have lining the outside of the uh, building usually. Generally, by the way, with an 
a window to the outside because you're supposed to put the car the person wants to buy in front of that window so they can look at it and just basically love on it while you're negotiating for the car. Seriously. Anyway, what they do and what uh, several dealers did even while I was there was keep the key because you can't walk away. You can't leave if you don't have your trade key. You're much less likely to get up because you got to go get the key or whatever. I don't do anything. You wait in the showroom. They're like, let's go. Well, at least go sit down. Or no, I'm like, no, I'm going to stand right here. And we're not going to do any further business until I get the key to my trade. And what that does is put the salesman on the spot because he or she, right? Before I get some emails about that, uh, doesn't make any money until you buy a car from them right okay so if they don't make any money they are then going to go find that key and bring it in because nothing happens they're much better off getting you into that car than not they got to start over with somebody else so they were way better off getting you your key so do not go even in the office now make them go get you something to drink go get me a diet coke or something tell them usually they ask okay which if they don't say boy you know i'm really parched it's hard to negotiate if i'm parched and they'll go get you something to drink. It's a give and take. But until you get the key to that trade in your hand, your car key, nothing more happens. Sometimes, you know, we were supposed to say, well, you know, it's going to take a while. And <laughs> very few people did this, but they're like, oh, okay. I'll tell them, well, I guess uh, if it takes too long, I'll just uh, I'll just have to leave when I get my car. And, uh, you know, we'll do this at some other time if I feel like coming back or whatever. Look, that salesman is going to go get you your key. Because usually, it's just in the office, and they're in there making off-color jokes and stuff, uh, just trying to get you to get to sign the paperwork. That is, general, that is generally what's happening, and that is the honest truth of what's going on. They're usually not doing anything. Some of the cars we need to test drive, we just took that key from you. You look it up in the book, see what it's worth, and that's it. Now, I have all my work done at the dealer, and I think it's a good idea with a car that's under factory warranty. I want to say this, you legally do not have to have work done at the dealer. None of it. It's called the Magnuson-Ferguson Act or something. I don't exactly remember the name of it. Anyhow, as long as the work that is in the owner's manual is performed with at least as good of quality equipment as manufacturer quality, you can get it done anywhere or you can do it yourself. If you do work yourself, some people like to do their own oil changes, keep the receipts for the products that you bought through the entire warranty period. But doing it at the dealer prevents the dealer from saying, hey, Mr. Car Person, this was not done to factory specifications, so we are going to void the warranty. And the other thing about getting receipts is it's tough to prove the mileage on the car. Okay, so you have a receipt from April 19th where you bought, you know, oil and an oil filter. That doesn't prove how many miles the car has on it because it's a time and mileage thing in the owner's manual. Now, if it's obviously lower miles, that's not going to be a problem. But if it's close, it's tough. I'd have the car brought in for one of those free inspections or whatever somewhere. It doesn't matter where because then it's on an official form what the mileage was on that date. And that makes it a lot easier to prove.
And that doesn't mean where the car is made, like on a Honda Accord is made in Ohio, but a Honda would be a foreign. Who had a proof? They had people bring every receipt and see a car had 33,000 miles on it and it needed some big repair. They wanted every receipt back to when the car was new if you didn't have it done there to prove everything because if you missed anything if the oil change was 7500 and you went 7501 they could void your uh, warranty and say well you didn't do the the um, warranty repairs you didn't do repairs to the car in the time specified in the owner's manual they'll tell you look get bent on the uh, on a large repair and you say well mark that isn't right all right well go sue them are you going to get a lawyer and sue honda good luck with that for your thousand dollar repair you need to pay a lawyer four hundred dollars an hour to go get to, you know to go do that. Uh, have fun with that. You know, corporate lawyers will just write you uh, stuff back and all. That. I'm just saying. Uh, American ma makes a world a lot better on that, especially going a little past thirty-eight thousand miles. They'd still do stuff. Look, I told you I had an engine replaced in my Escape. Now I had it. Had, it wasn't even actually due for its first oil change yet, because uh, the owner's manual one year or ten thousand on escapes and it was 11 months old with 7,700 miles on it so it actually didn't need any work yet before they had the engine replaced but I get the work done at the dealer anyway and by the way it's got about about 4,000 miles on it since then and uh, runs great so uh, they did it under warranty with no issues but hey there are people that get engines replaced 23, 28,000 miles. Well, you're going to have to prove a couple of oil changes, you know, and stuff like that that was done on time if they ask you. If you do it yourself and you go, well, here's a receipt from March 8th, how do you prove how many miles it had on it? Go somewhere that says, oh, free inspection, no cost. It doesn't matter where it is because they're going to print you a form up that's going to have the miles on your car and the date, and that's proof of miles. I think that's a great idea. If you don't do that, you are risking them not doing anything for your car okay and at my dealer oil changes you know have been a reasonable price i think forty dollars at a dealer for an oil change tire rotation and a car wash isn't bad from a dealer i don't find that to be bad at all it's in the system then it actually goes on carfax too which i think is pretty funny but most places do now i guess but then you're in the system and at any time you can always go and pull all your records i just think it's a good way to keep track of it if you don't use a dealer though be sure be sure to keep your receipts. Keep them. I want to uh, give you a reason today why uh, we're not on Mars. So uh, here's another reason we're not on Mars. Dateline Dallas, 49-year-old, goes in and says, you know what? Boy, I'm broke AF. Isn't that what kids say anymore? Okay. I'm broke, and uh, I need some money. But dang it, working is so tough. I think I'll go rob a bank. So, uh, because the, as they say, why do people rob banks? Well, that's where the money is. So he goes in the bank and gives the teller a note that says, I'm robbing this bank. Give me all the money. Well, the teller tells the, this bank robber and says, look, I'm not allowed to give out money without an ID. It's a federal law. So he goes, oh, okay. He gives her his ID. <laughs> Okay, and she writes the information down, gives it back to him, and then fills the bag up with money, and he leaves. And he's all fat and happy, and when he gets home, 
The police are there and arrest him. Isn't that amazing? It was his ID. Okay, here's the thing. When you rob a bank, you do not have to provide identification. <laughs> He's currently in jail eight years for bank robbery. Oh my gosh. I mean, look. Yes, many places require an ID, but this, it turns out, is not one of them. Now, I don't know if he had to be vaccinated to go in the bank. I'm not sure about that. Um, he provided his ID, and she wrote it down. She wrote the information down. Okay, so here's somebody else who will not be on Mars with uh, Elon and me when we go up there to the red planet. All right, look, don't rob banks. Don't, don't, just don't rob a bank to start with. And if you do, hey. Use a fake ID. They're not a high school around you where you can buy some kind of fake ID, for God's sakes. Holy mackerel. All right, so I want to thank people. People. You people from across the Fruit of Plain. Uh, Gracie and I want to thank you for listening today. I appreciate it. Be sure to check out the YouTube channel, Trucking Answers, and uh, let me know any other missives or anything else that you uh, have to send over to me. Mark at TruckingAnswersNation.com. And we'll be soon. Uh, we'll be soon. We'll be soon. We'll be soon to be back. We'll be back soon here and in Chile in South America with the next podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>